Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 131. 131. Just want to remind us all of some things we've been taught before by our paid professional here and then sit down and let him get back to it. I struggle with this psalm's topic, but I want to do better. This is a really short psalm, but it gives us a picture of how David thought. We should always strive to have a heart like David's. He was the man after God's heart. One thing that defined him was his humility before both God and men. I've got two examples here. Think of his gracious responses to Saul after killing Goliath. While he's talking to King Saul and holding Goliath's head, all he said was, I'm just the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite. There was no boasting or exalting of himself. Jonathan the prince loved him for his kingly decorum and graciousness. Another example, David was completely shocked and in disbelief that Saul would offer him his daughter. First Samuel 18 tells us, And Saul said to David, Behold, my elder daughter, Merab, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. Sick. And David said unto Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? That's right. Notice the difference between these two men. Yes. Profane Saul here is trying to get David killed, but look at David's response. He's feeling totally unworthy to be, he's feeling totally unworthy to be the king's son-in-law. Yes. My time is short. These are just two examples out of many. May we all be more like David and keep his humble attitude towards God and others. Yes. As I read this psalm, I hope that you'll focus on, focus and hang on to every word of it. Psalm 131. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself As a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. Amen. Amen. So the first half of verse 1 says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty. So the first word here tells us that this is a one-on-one conversation with God. Yes. He's telling the Lord these things. Are we able to honestly pray this way? Are our hearts haughty? The Lord can see and so can others. It's what we default to by nature. So being humble and keeping our hearts free of any pride takes concerted and consistent effort. Just as an example, how often do we talk about ourselves? It's so easy to do, but we must fight the urge. Are our eyes lofty? Does our body language ever communicate that we're really in love with ourselves? Lord, help us. The Word of God says, An high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Proverbs 21.4. Proverbs also tells us that people with arrogant body language are an abomination to God. That means he completely hates such people. So I have to ask, what are we communicating to God and to others with our body language? We're always communicating whether we're speaking or not. Do we communicate that we are a thoughtful, meek, happy, kind Christian? 
who people just want to go up to and hug when they see? Or are we an oblivious, stuck-up, arrogant jerk that needs a punch in the mouth? I don't want to be the latter, and that's why I chose this psalm. We must be incredibly self-aware and avoid even the subtlest appearance of pride. We are all prideful by nature, again, but it takes, again, constant and intentional effort to remove it from our lives. If we don't make those efforts, let's remember King Nebuchadnezzar's words at the end of Daniel 4. Those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Lord God, forgive us and help us. So the second half of verse 1. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. What are these? What are great, th- great matters or things too high for us? They are situations that are out of our control or influence. Things that are over our heads and above our pay grade. Yes. Does it bother you that the decisions affecting your life the most are often completely out of your hands? This isn't the, always the case, obviously, but if you think about it, pretty often. How about decisions made by those in authority over us? Do we ever arrogantly question the decisions made by our parents, husbands, bosses, civil government, or pastor, either in our hearts or with actual words? Do we, do we think we have a better idea or could do a better job with the complex situations they have to deal with? How dare we? What about decisions by the Lord Almighty? Do we ever arrogantly question him, either explicitly or implicitly? For choices he's made in our lives like the parents we were born to the nation we were born into our mental horsepower our height beauty or attractiveness coordination or ability etc how about the circumstances he's put into put in our lives at any given time we indirectly call him and his word a liar if we ever doubt he will fulfill his wonderful promises when we fulfill their con- their conditions yes Let me say that again. We indirectly call him and his word a liar. If we ever doubt, he will fulfill his wonderful promises. If we fulfill their conditions. Again, how dare we? Did I mention I struggle with this psalm's topic? We have to make choices in our lives, like what car to drive, whether to go to college or not, which one to go to or degree to get, who to marry, how many kids to have, what job to get, or what house to buy. But even though we're the ones making the decisions, we really aren't totally in control. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. Like it says in Proverbs 27.1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We can't even guarantee we're going to be alive tomorrow, much less that our plans will work out. We must remember to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. When making plans and decisions, we, again, we really aren't totally in control, but that shouldn't bother us. We should be happy and thankful that we have a kind, heavenly Father that is always in control. Don't try to figure out what the Lord's secret will is for your life. Only he knows that. He's given us his word, and he tells us what his will is for our lives. He says to get wise counsel, do your reasonable best, pick the option you like the most, and then trust the Lord for the rest. Go to sleep and don't worry about it. (laughs) The Bible says he loves his children and will never leave them or forsake them. He's never failed me. Verse 2. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself 
as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Quiet here doesn't mean not talking. He's talking about him quieting his attitude and thoughts about those great and high matters we just talked about. This is a continuation of the thoughts in verse 1. So uh, according to my little Google search in preparing for this, uh, children are weaned around one or two on average. Maybe some of you can correct me later on that. But it says here that uh, David says here he humbled his spirit and his soul to be like a one- or two-year-old baby's when it comes to matters out of his control. We are totally dependent on the Lord. He, he, he says here that he was totally dependent on the Lord and didn't bother himself with things that he shouldn't. He must have taught Psalm and his son how to have this kind of meek attitude about things. Um, it's not directly related, but Solomon's prayer reminded me of this psalm. I love these words. 1 Kings 3. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast, named, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. But I am but a little child. Yes. I know not how to yes. go out or come in. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For, so, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you yes. up. Verse 3. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. This reminds me of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's don't lean into our own understanding. Let's put our hope in the Lord for the rest of our lives. Let's frequently tell the Lord things like, I don't have a clue. I feel like a baby. Teach me. Yes. Yes. He will if we come to him with that attitude. Just a few final points. Pride is such a terrible evil. It clouds our minds and ruins our lives and reputations. Let's work to find any in our own hearts and to crush it. You know, we just heard recently about soft skills last Sunday. Eliminating pride is crucial to maximizing our effectiveness with others. If we let ourselves get lifted up in pride, God will eventually crush us and others will avoid us. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's what we read in the Bible. I love you all. Please forgive me for making any of these mistakes. I hope these reminders were useful. Let's be more like David and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if we could sing um, 158 in the Burgundy, When I Survey the Wonders Cross. <laughs>